Amen. Um, any, the, I wanted to just, uh, touch base real quick. I'm going to just go over a couple things real quick before I go into the illustration for this morning. But, um, when I, I wanted to give you a little background about these verses in, for me personally, when I was in, um, high school, I went to a church um, that was, it was a very good church. I mean, that's where Walt and I met. Walt got saved at this church. Um, it was, the youth group was really on fire for God, really passionate. Um, it established um, patterns of prayer in my life. So I'm, it's nothing against this church. Okay. It was a very good church. Still is a good church. And, but, um, they, the pastor had some theology, um, some theologies that even in high school I wrestled with and I wasn't sure if I agreed with them and they just didn't seem like they matched up with the Bible that I was reading and stuff like that. And so I talked to my parents about it. My parents were, I I think, handled it awesome. They just said, that's fine. You know, just, um, you just keep thinking about it and God will help you know what to do and all that kind of stuff. Well, anyway, um, so I had like been carrying that. And, um, then when I went away to college, which was when I was 17 and my parents actually moved away to Canada. So I was completely independent at the age of 17. I went to college that just had the best financial aid package. Um, and it was a very, very liberal, very, very liberal school. But the fresh, your freshman year at that school, um, as part of this class, like everybody has to take this freshman orientation type of class, you had to go, um, to basically like this wilderness, um, experience where you basically like lived off the land by yourself for three days. And it was like required for every freshman. And while they, while you did that, they gave you like different reading material in your journal. And it was like, I don't know, it was probably like boot camp, you know, it was like meant to like detox. It was a really liberal school and they wanted to detox you from all like what your parents believed or something. I don't know. Anyway, so I went, I did this and on that, um, during that time when I was by myself, um, for those three days, I, um, read some stuff that they provided. And I also read mere Christianity by CS Lewis. And I read the, um, the all basically Jesus's ministry in the book of Matthew that entire time. And when I read that, starting with the Sermon on the Mount, which is, which is chapter six of this same book, um, all the way through kind of in this range, basically through chapter 20, but whatever is the point was, is it was like when Jesus started preaching and teaching about values and how to live and everything like that. And when I read those at that time, um, it was like something happened and I attribute it. I mean, I think that that's basically when I got saved as an adult. You know, I got saved as a kid because my, I was in the church growing up. But that's when I consider myself getting saved was at that time. And what happened was is um, those verses, basically Matthew chapter 6 through Matthew chapter 12 and the Sermon on the Mount and everything. As I read those, it was like um, God's spirit brought them alive to me. And I had this revelation or became totally aware of the fact that this was true. And part of the reason was, is it addressed a lot of the issues that I had wrestled with um, growing up in terms of theologically. But it addressed, it basically, Jesus addressed in these chapters, basically how, what God's values are in the world that we live in. 
Like that's how I would just sum it up. He basically says, this is, this is, um, how, what I think about the world and what it values. And at that time when that happened, and I was like, when I read it, it like, or when this happened, it resonated at a very deep level with me. And I felt like that is true, which is, I think what happens basically with everyone. When you decide to be a Christ follower, at some point you have a supernatural revelation where you say, I believe that this is true and that God is real. And, uh, if you don't have that experience, what happens is you can have like emotions and all this kind of stuff, but then like through life and stuff, you can fall away more easily because you don't have this like deep inside. Like this is true. God is real. This is what he says. This is what he thinks. That sort of thing. Are you tracking with me? And so, um, so I had this like deep thing where I realized, wow, this is what God values. This is who he is. This is how I'm supposed to live in the world. This is how he says I'm supposed to live in the world. And since that time, and at that time, my freshman semester of college, um, those ver- the verses that are, our t- that are our text for this weekend, I would say have been my favorite verses in the Bible. I mean, maybe from time to time, a different verse or whatever. But basically, those are my favorite verses. Because to me, they are the quintessential words of Jesus that say what we need to do when we're really living. And to me, it's like there, that is so profound. It's like the God of heaven, the creator of the universe is coming and telling me when you're burned out and stressed out about things, then you just come to me. And I'm going to teach you how to live, which is basically what those verses say. That's amazing. And when that happened to me in my life, I said to God, I said, I want you to teach me how to live in this world. And I don't care if it's different. And when I said that, it wasn't just words. It was like a conviction. It was like a purpose in my life. It's like I really meant it. And I can say that, you know, almost 30 years later or whatever, I could still say that that at the core, that is what I feel my purpose is um, on the earth, is to embody a supernatural God on the earth in everyday life where he really changes my everyday life. Now, some other people might have deeper, you know, revelations and purposes, but basically that has been an underlying foundation that I've had in my spiritual journey for basically my entire adult life. And that's why with, with women's ministry, or just even when I preach in general, or just what I feel God has called me to do, it's like, there is nothing I desire more then for you to take these two verses or three verses and have God put them on your heart and change your life so that when you come back next year at real, you say, I am experiencing a greater level of real rest provided by Jesus Christ because he's teaching me that than I was a year ago. That is in my belief, the power of the gospel 
at work for his desire to really change your life. And even if you don't believe that, I do believe that for you. And I'll keep believing that for you until you believe it for yourself. And it's a, sometimes a journey to get there. But I just wanted to explain to you, um, I guess, I guess I just wanted to tell, give you that background story. First of all, to know that sometimes when we get up here, there's a lot more underneath than what might come, you know, to the surface. But also, to let you know how um, I think that this, these verses are so powerful to me because like we did in the verse, it just says what to do. When you're tired, you're burned out, you come, you get away, you walk, you learn. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's pretty straightforward. And sometimes in a world that's very abstract, not just spiritually, but naturally, it's like there's this changing target of what's a win and what's pretty and what's successful and what's a woman supposed to be looking like. And I mean, there's just like this changing target in life. It's like, wow, I have this constant direction and instruction that's very practical about what I need to do to help me out to navigate this so that I can experience real rest. there's something at the end of these verses where it says, can you put it up? It's something about experiencing um, freely and lightly. Can you put up those verses, please? It says, um, you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I think that there was something about those words to me as a young girl, because even at that time, I was like a serious person that was really putting a lot of pressure on myself. And I was like, is it possible for God to help me live freely and lightly? And what would that really look like? Uh, of course, over time, one thing I realized, and I think some of you, uh, you know, are processing that in the workshops, there has to be an exchange because you can't do both things. You can't live freely and lightly embracing both kingdoms um, at the same time. And so it ultimately, these verses actually are very powerful because they ultimately require us to make choices of what our values are. And if we're going to align ourselves with what Jesus values about things and, um, or align ourselves to what the world values, what our family values, what my personality values, things like that. Are you tracking with me? And so, you know, it's not easy, but it's simple. Does that make sense? It's not easy, but it's simple. So, um, I think that, I, I think that if, if we were to take these verses and we were to take our bookmarks and every single one of us and the bookmarks, hopefully that you circled the, um, last night when we're going through with the different action words, um, if we were to take these bookmarks and we were to read through these verses every single day until the next real conference, how would we be thinking differently? And that's a powerful idea to think about. So what I want to do is how many people was, were basically everybody here last night? Basically everybody. Okay. What I want to do is I want to just go through some, um, some things real quick, um, just to catch us up to speed. I'm going to go through real fast. Okay. Cause I'm going to assume everybody's here. So we took the verses, we took the, um, the card and I just, we just circled words. We circled all the action words. We circled what Jesus said to do. And then we circled what he said the results would be. So come get away. And then the, what, what you're going to, what you, um, what he's going to do, you'll recover your life. You'll have real rest and that sort of thing. So then we took those, those words and we put them in this chart and you should have this in your journal. I, hope. 
Do you? Yay. Okay. And we put them in this chart of what our reality is, what Jesus said to do, the action words that we are to do, and then the result of what Jesus says will happen. Now, we, and then last night in the altar time, you guys were supposed to write words in about how you were currently feeling, what you were committing to do during rest, and then, um, and then what you wanted to have happen during real. What I want you to do real quick is I want you to just draw a line, and I want you to say, me now, okay? We're about 18 hours later, me now, and I just, real quick, I want you to just write a couple words. How are you feeling now? Just a couple words. Okay. And then once you've done that, I want you to go over to the next column. And yesterday you said, this is what I'm going to do. These are the action words I'm going to do. Come and get away. If you responded to the altar call this morning or just responded in your heart after Chris had preached this morning, that was coming. And that was also learning, watching, you know, all those things. But anyway, so I want you just to mark if you did the things that you had marked already just make a star or something like that and then i want you to just write a word or two that you want to just continue doing today even after you go home just real quick now after that we're not going to take a lot of time i'm just wanting to catch us up so we're applying this to our lives i want you to go in the next column and it says me during real um, the result or feeling if you can identify with any of those things on the list Real rest, nothing heavy or ill-fitting. Some of you testify to different things. Freely and lightly or recovering your life, especially good one. Um, if you feel that you've moved, made any progress in any of those things, I want you to write those down. Or if, if it's something else that's not on that list, write it down in here, right here. Okay? All right. Can I keep moving? Okay. So then we talked about coping circles and we talked about um, how we only have so many and there's all these things that are create the stress and create the anxiety and the worry in our lives and kind of explain why we feel the way we feel. And we talked about uh, for Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, how then it's like Jesus then says, you come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. I love that picture that Chris had this morning. So that's like this. It's like Jesus is the yellow and Jesus is covering over these coping circles, but we still have those things in the boxes, right? We still have to deal with the credit card. We still have to deal with our weight. We still have to deal with the dirty house. We have still have to deal with kids' grades, even like some of the things that are on this card regarding your spouse, regarding your adult children's rebellion, regarding your kids' schedules. You see what I'm saying? Um, so those things are like examples right here on our coping circle list. So this is what happens when we initially come Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Come to me, right? Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me and get away with me and I'll show you. So that's what happens. Jesus rests over these coping circles and says, I'll show you how this might look like. Okay. 
Now, what I want to explain a little bit more is what happens, and I'm not going to draw it. I'm going to just pull up what I've already drawn for the sake of time. But what happens as we begin to apply Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, what happened to me in college? What can happen to you if you read and meditate on these verses every single, every single day of the, of the year, for example. So first of all, we have our coping circles, right down here. Those are the things that are going to stay the same. We're going to have those stresses. Chances are in our life, they're going to be changing based on the seasons of life. Like our sister over here talked about the different seasons of life. But nonetheless, there's going to be things happening in our life all the time that are um, using up our coping circles, right? And that's a reality and we can't escape that. We can take breaks and take rest and try to give ourselves, you know, the intestinal fortitude to keep going, but it's still ultimately there. Now, this then is what we should showed yesterday with the yellow over top of the coping circles, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, get away with me, walk with me, work with me, learn with me, keep company with me, right? So this is Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. If you want a formula, and I know there's no such thing as formulas in the Bible, but if you want a formula for real rest in your life, this is what it is. Okay, so this is what he says. And he says, Jesus says, I'm going to put this. If you put this over top, if you put me over top your coping circles, I'm going to help you learn how to rest in them. Okay, are you tracking with me? Okay, so what I added now is this middle circle. And don't you like how I picked the same color as our rest, the logo theme? Okay, so anyway, in between, this is what happens when we begin to experience real rest, when we learn how to rest from God, when we come to him, get away. And if you on your chart talked about feeling differently, um, even this afternoon from what you did last night, how many of you felt differently in some way, even if it was minor since last night about your situations or whatever? Okay, now what happened was, is this is what we applied, and this is then what happened. This buffer happened. Now, I have a question. Everybody raise your hand right here that said that they feel differently since yesterday. Okay? Now, would you keep your hand up or put it, if your situation changed from the coping circles, changed since yesterday... You see what I mean? Since the word on your paper changed, I want you to put your hand down if your situation changed. Okay, so everybody whose hands raised, your situations are identical to what they were yesterday at 7 o'clock at night. Am I right? And yet on your chart, you wrote down that you felt differently somehow. Okay, this, I'd say it's maybe like 50% of the people in here have their hands raised. You can put your hands down. In less than 24 hours, we went from all being here to having this happen. Where by coming to Christ, that's why it's important for our kids to come to church, us to come to church, well, whatever, because that's what this is. When you're doing these things, we're learning from him and he's teaching us how to rest. And then we see our situations differently, or at least we're buffered from the pain or the stress or the anxiety of those situations most of the time. Now, it's very interesting. That's why um, 
that's why I like for kids and all that kind of stuff to have the constant exposure because they're learning and stuff and they're coming to him even though they don't realize what's happening so anyway so what's happening with us when we're applying those things and we're coming to christ is we are our eyes have changed our eyes have changed from here to here instead of our eyes going here our eyes are going here And then Jesus is creating the supernatural real rest because he says, when you come to me, when you come to me, when you learn from me, when you walk with me, you know, like today in the workshops, you were, you were working, you were learning, you were walking, all that stuff, active things that you were learning. were coming from, from this point to buffer, to create real rest for you to see your situation differently. Now think about how powerful that is. Um, the process of renewing your mind to begin thinking about how God thinks about a situation. For example, uh, if you are, um, uh, uh, let's say, and okay, let's say your house is dirty. Sorry, Janelle, for I'm sure I'm going to say something opposite. You know, I'm going to contradict. Just do what Janelle said, but just listen to my story. Okay. Um, if you, if you are, um, uh, if you value, um, keeping a house clean and it's creating a high amount of anxiety. And then we say, well, I'm going to learn from God. Um, I'm going to get away. I'm going to, uh, work with him, watch him. Then we begin to process what is God's value on keeping the house clean. Now, it, it, there's stewardship and all that kind of stuff, so it's not like super cut and dry. But the point is, is as we begin to ask God or ask Jesus, I want to learn from you, I want to walk with you, I want to work with you, I want to begin identifying what you're valuing and if it's the same thing that I'm valuing. And as my values change, then what happens is my coping circles, the energy I'm taking to put in the different sets of coping circles begins to shift because... Because as we're learning from God and our values are changing to create real rest, we realize, you know what? It's probably not that important that I get a more in style coat or something like that, you know, or that my meal turned out perfect or that, you know, even that I'm the most successful in the company. Is that what God values? I don't know. Maybe it, he, it is for your life. But the point is, is what if your job is creating, taking 75% of your coping circles and God doesn't value your job? He, he would rather you do something that created less stress. So you could give more hours to the church or you could dedicate more hours to your kids or something like that. I'm not saying that he's doing that, but do you see what I'm saying? If we're not asking the question and we're, if we're not asking God, are these things in my life, how I'm spending my time, what I'm valuing, what's, if you think about all the things you listed last night in your coping circles, if you look at those coping circles and you say, what of those things God values and he, I think Jesus would be happy with me putting energy in that coping circle or not. How might that change our lives? The filter of decision-making, you know, that I heard came up in a lot of the workshops of decision-making. How do I say no? What do I say no to? What do I say yes to? You know, it's different. For some person, one person might be taking a job promotion. For other person, it might be quitting your job. You see, like for the person that has the guy going after 
uh, her to have an affair for seven years um, and he's not going anywhere, you know, maybe for her, it's God's will for her to quit her job and take a job for less money, you know, but maybe for someone else it's to, to take on added responsibility because you're going to glorify God in the executive boardroom or whatever. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's not, that's why we have this ongoing action from Jesus saying, learn from me, work with me, walk with me. I will teach you. I will make it, you know, light and oh my goodness that looks like a mess i'll make your i'll teach you to learn to live freely and lightly do you see are you tracking with me what might that look like for you and what might this buffer if this were in place as you begin to do this how might that change your coping circles we're talking about real rest are we not real rest. So this is what can happen. We go from here. This is when we start off. This is last night when we say God, or this morning, when we say, God, I want to experience real rest. I'm going to give these coping circles to you. I'm going to give my life to you. I'm willing to make the difficult changes. I'm willing to set, you know, to make you the person that I look to for what values are and what's important. And I want to learn from you more than I learn from somebody on the internet or from, you know, whatever. And so that's the beginning. And then this is what happens. Now look what then can happen as, as, um, as we begin to experience real rest and we begin to put this into practice, then this can become when we begin to operate in real rest, when we begin to operate in real rest, I change this from coping circles to real rest. Now look at this. I have basically the same things. I have past, I have schedule, I have affair, um, I have, what do I have there? What is it? Thank you. Wait, I should, a job, kids, miscellaneous. Do you see those? Now, same amount of coping circles. We still have Jesus overshadowing all of them. We still have the things in our lives using up the coping circles. You see that? But what has happened to this illustration? The, the weight and the power of the things using up the coping circles has been minimized. It hasn't been removed, but it's been minimized. Look at the difference in the way the picture looks here. Do you see how those things are still filtering through loud and clear? Are you, do you see that? Say yes, I see that. Okay. Thank you. It's really dark in here or like my eyesight is fading or something. Okay. It's, um, yeah. So do you see how, uh, prominent and all that kind of stuff is? And then look at this as we begin transitioning to real rest, we have that buffer level of real rest in between in that sandwich, like the meat sandwich. Then we have the same things in here because we're facing those same things. You still have a job. You can't quit your job. You still have kids. You can't turn them over to the orphanage. You still have your past. I mean, your past is your past. You know what I'm saying? You can't change it. It's like whatever stupid stuff you did, you already did it, you know? And, and Jesus isn't going to take it away. It happened. He's going to remove the weight and the anxiety and the coping circle and the guilt and condemnation from that. And he's going to forgive the sin from that. You see what I'm saying? But you, you still did it. I mean, 
Sorry about that. See, these are the times when I wish I wasn't quite so honest. You know, it would make my life so much easier. Um, but anyway, or if you had an affair, like uh, if you had a, an affair and then your spouse found out about it and then created all this tension in your marriage and right now your marriage is like super strained and you don't know if you're going to like pull out of it and stuff like that. Well, that happened, you know, and that's going to create, take coping circles and, um, too bad for you, you know, don't do it the next time. But the, but the point is, is as we begin to get that buffer from Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30, if we filter, imagine if you filtered those situations, those yokes, those burdens, if you filtered those through Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, every single day and said, God, how do you want me to see that? Let me learn from you. Your burden is easy and light. I'm entering to the yoke with you. So what are you going to carry? What do you want me to let go? You see what I'm saying? Do you want me to work it out with my husband or do I need to give him space? You know, all these types of like everyday real stuff where we begin to trust in this yellow. We trust in this yellow in our lives and in our situations over our own, uh, our own or strong letter colors of us trying to control and us stressing out about them. Do you see? We begin to trust and are overshadowed in our, in our um, lives and circumstances by Christ. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. He's going to teach you, Right? Get your bookmark. I am going to teach you, uh, keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Think about that picture. You'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's what Jesus promised. That's amazing. Think about how much bondage women, all of us, everybody here has different things that are using coping circles up, um, uh, bondage that you carry that Jesus says that if you keep company with me, uh, you will learn to live freely and lightly. And that's not just like words. Those are Jesus Christ talking to his disciples. It's amazing. So anyway, and then what can happen is this. This is the same, the same drawing that is continuing to have these things overshadowed. If you look here, I think I have, I have lust and I have schedule and past still in there. I can't read what's uh, addictions maybe um, in, that, in the bottom right-hand corner. Look at this. Now, there's no hidden words in those clouds, by the way. I didn't, like, say Jesus or Holy Spirit or, like, make a dove or anything um, in there. But look at this. Do you guys see how profound this is? Do you see how profound? It's incredible. Uh-oh. I've been doing so good with this thing. Um, that. Now, I'm going to read these verses again. I'm sorry I keep reading them. In learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Wow. Now, I want you to draw another picture of your coping circles real. Oh, no. Okay. 
Okay, real quick, just draw draw a thing with your coping circles for you to do later. And and what I want you to do is I want you to, to do it and I want you to create shadows over your coping circles later on. We won't do it because I have... I want to hit a couple things. And, and maybe even for your homework do okay what it started off what am i feeling right now and what do i want it to look like a year from now so three drawings for yourself what what it currently looks like now what i what did i say the second one what it can look like in hmm. yeah just in a period of time you know a month or something like that and then a year from now now, and I want you to realize that this isn't like, like this is what the Bible says can happen. Now, goodness, I don't know why this happens to me. Okay. Um, do you guys mind if I, if I say one more thing? Okay, well, I'm going to do it because I know questions came up and I'm not going to write it out. This is just a picture. So you guys are getting, you see what my notes look like and why I'm disorganized. Okay, so this is another illustration of the same principle of how that transformation happens. Now, the Matthew chapter 11, verse 20 through 30, I have it in the same color and it starts at the top. All of our life, this, this little mountain or this pointed triangle is our life. Right. And it's how we then filter. It's how we're going to filter all the things that we do and all the processes in order to facilitate in our life accomplishing doing what Matthew chapter 11 verse verse 20 through 30 says right here. So this is what we're wanting to do. Right. This becomes our number one priority. So I want to show you how I filter my life in the crazy life that I have and how I make decisions about how I flesh this out of my life. Now, it's like what they said um, earlier. There's different seasons for every, you know, you, you have different values or different priorities every different seasons of your life. But I recently went back to my journals from years ago and I found that my values were essentially the same. I mean, I didn't have like kids then or whatever, but I'm saying the core values. And you know why? It's because I have been focusing on Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30 and say, God, I want your values to be my values. I want your values to be my values in everything I do in my life. I've been doing that since I was 17 years old. And so do you think God's values are the same values, you know, uh, 28 years ago and today? Are those the same values? They are. And so I found that even though the situations in my life have changed so much, um, the underlying values and priorities are remarkably similar. I'm going to go through this really quick. You can write this down and then we can just like talk about another time and then I'm going to close. So this is what I do. I say for me, um, and we've talked about most important things, but I have decided for me, all I can do, all I can do well is, is three things. Basically. And so what I do is I'm, I'm always filtering down from Matthew chapter 11, verse 23 through 30. I'm always filtering down this direction. 
And everything, all of my decisions, what am I doing? What am I valuing? Does God value that new car for me or doesn't he? You know, all those kinds of things I'm filtering down through that. Every single thing. And, and I'm not saying you need to be so hardcore, but I'm just telling you how it's worked in my life. So anyway, I only can do three things. So what my priorities are every single day, every single day, even if I have the flu, even if I have a big paper due a school, or even if I'm preaching or something like that, I always try to accomplish tier one. And they're very, very simple and attainable. And that is that I try to meditate or do whatever God has been asking me from Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, which might be something, you know, like say I'm like dealing with something and I need to like, you know, I'll play the same worship song for the whole entire day on my phone until even the dog is holding her ears, you know, or whatever, just something, but not big, not like I'm going to go conquer the mountain and write a book and get a Christian television station and, you know, stuff like that. It's just, you know, it's just like a small thing. And because that's the way Jesus things were, you know, he was just, that's the way he was. So I just am all, God will have something on my heart, but something small, something very, very small and something very attainable, you know, um, and, and it might just be like, for you guys, it might be, I'm going to read these verses every single day. Even if I have the flu, every single day, I'm going to read these verses. And then I'm going to listen to one worship song that was played this weekend, for example, or something that resonated or something like that. Okay. And then the other thing, every single day, I have Walden kids here. And that is, that is not, I'm going to make my kids to be the biggest, I'm the next Billy Graham, you know, of the world and stuff like that. It's a, it's very small. I just try to say one kind thing to my kids every day and be, say one supportive thing or do one supportive thing to everybody in my family every day. Just that one thing. Because I can't, like, have a meaningful salvation conversation with my kids every single day. But I can say one nice thing or something like one kindness, how was your day, or whatever. So a meaningful contact with everybody in my family every single day. And then, and then um, spiritual rest, which, as we know, a lot of times is active. So that might be reading the one-year Bible or um, that does not mean that I don't do anything ever for me. Even if, but it doesn't have to be huge or, or whatever. It doesn't have to be like this monster thing, but something every single day. That is all that is on my tier one. Those I believe are God's most important values for me. And I believe that those things create the layer of real rest in my life that nothing else can. That's just for me. And you can find for yourself what you, what you think God wants for you. Okay, the clock, honestly. Okay, then tier two is this. For me, in this season of my life, I'm going to just try to go faster. These are the things that are my next priority. I, I'm a full-time student, and I work 20 hours a week at UNO, and so I have to do those. Those are my, the place God has me for this season of my life. And when it says household errands, that does not mean all the errands, cleaning the house. It just means um, my kids' food is a really big value. I need to have food in the house, and I, so I try to cook for my family almost every day, and I try to make sure that there's groceries in the house. And that's what I mean by household and errands. Nothing else. And why are you laughing? <laughs> so maybe if I had more practice, I would not set the kitchen on fire. Okay. So anyway, but those are my things. Okay. So a lot of most days, 
most days, I mean, almost every day, that is all, that is all I can do. Now, in these spiritual rests, I should say, I include in these the corporate spiritual disciplines, which means coming to church and um, having a spiritual community, which, you know, a small group. And I, I think that that's really clear in the Bible. But the thing is, is in order for me to do that, when I have a very, very stressful job in school, I cannot do a lot of other things. Because I place these at a higher value. And then this is my tier two value system. Now look at it again. It's all coming down from here. And it's the, the goal is real rest. Not that the goal is to be relaxed. The goal is to experience spiritual rest in Christ. Now I just want to show you, and then there's be a lot of things that you could, I could add here, but I want to show you some things that would be things that I only do if I have time. I do not consider them values. And, and so they're on the very bottom tier, extra, oops, sorry, extra events, any type of extra events that aren't essential. Cleaning is just as time, getting A's in my classes, extra friendships. Um, I have a, a lot of people that I could be friends with, but I can't be good friends with everybody. I've had to eliminate and lower my priorities as in terms of how many people I can be good friends with. And hate on me if you want, but that's just the truth. TV, shopping, there's all sorts of things that, okay, as I have time, I'll run and get the dog food. If I have time, I will go and, you know, exercise or whatever. And that's fine. This is just where Jesus has me personally. So I'm just trying to give you a, a practical example. So when I am in order to experience real rest and to lay those things over the coping circles, I had to establish this and say, God is okay with me. He's okay with me if I don't do anything, you know what I'm saying, other than believe in him. So you guys get that, right? But I'm just saying, I don't have to, cleaning my house is not tier one. And I don't want to waste my coping circles when I have other more important things like being nice to my kids and cooking them dinner and trying to pass my class. You see what I'm saying? And at some point, we have to create some kind of structure to our lives for value systems because the bottom line, and a lot of you talked about it in your workshop, you cannot just keep adding, 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 and experience, experience real supernatural rest. And ultimately, it boils down to, are you willing to accept God's values for your life over the world's values for your life? What are God's values for your appearance? What are God's values for your job? What are your God's values for, for your, your house, for your car? Is his value that your car needs to be as clean as possible? I don't know. You tell me. What are God's values for your life? And then based on that, you structure this. Now, sometimes you have, like, I didn't always have, like, cooking so high up, but my kids are hungry, and food is very important to my kids, and it's a way that I can love them. It's a way I can love them because they really like food. And so I decided I'm putting that up there because that was important to God. Now, a couple things real quick, and then we're going to go, worship team can come. 
do you, are you, I'm sorry I can't explain this more and to give more examples of how it might apply to your personal life, but hopefully by showing you my example, you can think about this. I really hope that you take some of these things and you use the journal that you've been provided to really hammer out what these might look like for you. You don't have to have it perfect the first time. You can try it on one page and then you can say, no, I don't think that's right. Do the next page and then you can say, God, what do you want me to take out? And you can take a red pen and cross it out or you can take a sharp remark and you can flip it to the next page and take another coping circles. This is my dream for what my coping circles will look like next year. This is my dream of what my, my tears of values will look like one year from now. This is what they look like today. This is what will, you see what I'm saying? And work through it. This is part of, of the active nature of it says, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it, learn and, um, and come to me and get away. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like this active thing where we're going to be working on this together with Christ as our helper. But the worship team, if you'd please come. A few quick one-liner tips that I have for you that are hopefully as uncliche as possible. You need to read these verses or a verse, but hopefully these verse because God's breathing on these verses for you and for us this weekend. Every I would encourage you to read these verses at least every day for the rest of the month. Every day for the rest of the month and take that thing with all the active words, come get away and all those things and begin to ask God to show you how am I supposed to come to you? How am I supposed to get away with you? How am I supposed to walk with you? And might be quitting things so that you can come to the prayer meeting or quitting things so that you can do other things that God values like reading, reading your verse every day. Put an action list together like this where you have your tier one and be and ruthlessly edit it ruthlessly edit it don't put 10 things in the top thing you can't do that if you can end up having those extras great but ruthlessly edit it you have to value what jesus values to experience real rest let me repeat that you might want to write it down you have to value what jesus values to experience real rest. Jesus promised us real rest if we come to him and learn from him and, and learn his yoke. And we will, and as long as we're valuing what the world values, we're not going to experience true rest. That coping circle thing might get covered by the yellow a little bit, but it's going to, it's never, you know, you can get stuck here when God's value when God's value is for you to be here. Duplicity is very stressful. And as long as you're trying to be two people or to be fake or to not be real, it's going to get in your way of experiencing real rest. You can't have real rest if you're not being real. So duplicity is very stressful. If you are, you know, have a persona at work and a persona at home and a persona at church, if you are on the fence about I'm going to swear here and I'm not going to swear here or I'm going to dress like this here and I'm not going to dress like this here or... Um, uh, I'm going to dress around this guy like this. I'm going to dress around this guy like this or just anything like that. Duplicity is very, very stressful. 
And you're never going to achieve the full promise of real rest in your life until you decide I'm going to be one way. You know, for me, I have a stress because sometimes what I say makes people mad, but I don't have any duplicity. So I don't have to wonder, well, what did I say? Or do I really believe that? It's like, I don't have any duplicity. It's just, it is what it is. So you get what you get, you know, and you don't throw a fit. And so, so challenge, you know, ask the question and write that down. Is there any duplicity in my life that is using up coping circles? And one, how, in order to say yes, have the yeses, we have to say the noes. So God, how can we say no to the right things and yes to the right things? And I just encourage you that triangle is a really, really good place to start. Start by putting in the big stones what are the most important things. And then as you have time or as other things are added, they move to the bottom, but they're there if you end up having time or having the energy or having the resources or whatever to do it. You guys tracking with me? I'm over time, so I'm going to, we're going to close in worship, um, but I want to pray. Well, can we just like maybe sing one one song um, and, we'll, and while you do that, do that and then I'll pray. And if while they're doing, the, uh, singing this song, just real quick in your journal, before you begin singing, real quick in your journal, just make a bullet list real quick of the things that you need to do, the things you need to meditate on. I want to make a coping list. I want to make a whatever. Put that in your journal so it's there for you to do when you get home today or when you before you go to work on Monday or whatever. So do that. As soon as you've done it, close your journal and sing, and then I'm going to close.